Today's episode of the WAC Podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. Now here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil. Welcome to the WAC Podcast, Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil. A very somber uh, WAC Podcast, Rachel, uh, with the passing of UTRGV men's basketball coach Lou Hill on Sunday at the age of 55. A complete shock to everyone who knows him, everyone here in the WAC. Uh, in fact, you just interviewed him last week, and we had no clue uh, that this was going to be uh, what we're going to be talking about today, Rachel. And uh, just so sad, and, and our condolences to everyone at UTRGV. Yeah, it is sad. And like you mentioned, we just had him on the road to WAC Vegas, just sat down and talked with him. He was at home. He was with his family and everything like that. So then to find out this news on Sunday, it really just touches home even with me. So I can't even imagine everybody out in Texas. Uh, my heart just goes out to his entire family and the UTRGB family and student athletes as well. We're going to talk with Jonah Goldberg, the Senior Associate AD for Communications at UTRGB in just a few minutes here. But uh, Coach Hill, uh, we, we had a chance to know him over the last uh, four or five years as the head coach at UTRGB came in. Same year I came into the WAC and, and he was at all of our media days and you always got to see him in WAC Vegas. And he was a guy who was from New York originally. He played uh, collegiately at uh, San Jacinto, uh, won a national championship there and went to Wichita State uh, when they were a powerhouse in the late 1980s, uh, played professionally overseas and then was a, a lifetime coach. And he coached at Texas A&M for many years as an assistant uh, before catching on with Lon Kruger at UNLV and then followed him over to uh, Oklahoma where uh, Coach Kruger still is. And, and they went to the final four uh, in Coach Hill's last year there as an assistant. And what a coach he was taking over at UTRGV. And it seemed like every year, Rachel, they got better and better. They had a 20 win season. Then the last year they were the number two seed going into the WAC tournament before it was canceled. And this year uh, they were off to an eight and three start. Uh, one of their best starts in history. And uh, just such a sad time, uh, such a great man. 55 years old, uh, leaves behind his wife, uh, two children with, with his wife, uh, had three other children as well. And, and our heart goes out to them and everybody in Edinburgh and that whole uh, Rio Grande Valley. And you mentioned from New York, he had that New York sense of humor. So sure my first uh, interaction with him, I was kind of like, oh, like, I don't mean to offend, but then you would see him like crack this like smile and you'd be like, oh, it's totally a joke. And then it was always just like that with Coach Hill, you know, he'd be like dead serious for a second. He'd have this like little smile at the end and you were like, okay, it's totally a joke. Like everything is good. So yeah, my heart breaks and um, it's just sad, but I am very fortunate that he was our last interview that we were able to do. Um, I'm glad we were able to talk to him one more time. Yeah. And, and talking to Coach Hill, yeah, yeah, you had to be on your toes because he was... <laughs> He was not going to give you any pat answers. He, he you know, if, if the question wasn't uh, that great, maybe he'd give you a, a very short answer or sometimes he'd give you more, but, but you had to be on your toes. It wasn't like uh, a, uh, what we call, you know, like a pat interview that you know exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, no, definitely. That New York sense of humor is definitely in there. And uh, yeah, I'm going to miss him. I'm really, I'm really sad and heartbroken for the entire UT, UTRGB family and for his family as well. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk with Jonah Goldberg, who has a lot of insight on Coach Hill, a very uh, tough interview, but uh, he uh, gave a lot of uh, thoughts and, and what uh, Coach Hill, the man, was like 
uh, you want to going to want to listen to that right after this. We would like to thank our sponsors of the WAC podcast, Hercules Tires and Adidas. Now, back to Eric and Rachel. Welcome back to the WAC podcast. Eric Danner and Rachel V. Hill. We are now joined by Jonah Goldberg, the Senior Associate AD for Communications at UTRGV. Jonah, thank you for joining us. Uh, not exactly the time we wanted to talk to you, but uh, we, we sure do appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Rachel. Really glad to be able to talk about this wonderful man, Lou Hill. First off, uh, Jonah, I mean, it, it's still a shock. Uh, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday. Kind of walk us through last week. Obviously, uh, we had him on the show. We had, we had him on the road to WAC Vegas last week, was getting ready uh, for GCU. And then after we recorded that, the GCU had a positive COVID test. And then game against Texas Southern was scheduled on Saturday night. Uh, a game uh, went right down to the wire. And uh, I mean, it, it's such shocking news. Kind of tell us from your perspective how things happened last week. You know, the last time I spoke to him was when you recorded with him on Tuesday. Uh, Monday, he had his weekly press conference with the media and he was, he was normal. Every, he asked, he was joking around with our, our student reporter who, who made a comment about uh, how as Bjorn Midgard was going to be WAC player of the year. And then Coach Hill jumped on him and said, we don't give out awards here. We don't give out awards here. Why can't it be Javon Levi? Why can't it be Sean Ray? And it, it was just such a fun back and forth because, and Coach Hill, you know, when he was, when he was done, he just said, hey, you know, this is, uh, I, I'm, I'm just messing with you. And they were, it was fun. Like we were all laughing and it was just such a normal Coach Hill interaction where he gave, he gave his normal answers, but then he found an opportunity to, to laugh and make some jokes and, you know, really just have a good time. And then, you know, Tuesday, he, interviews with y'all for the, the road to WAC Vegas and I uh, gave a, again, a, what I deemed to be a normal interview. And then uh, he, he led practice on Wednesday and Thursday and, you know, schedule started changing. And so they, they, they practiced Friday, got on the bus to Houston to get to Texas Southern. Um, played Saturday, Coach Hill got a technical foul in the first half. So, you know, par for the course, right? He's a very passionate individual on the sidelines. And on Sunday after the game, he was, you know, he was still texting with people. Like men's soccer knocked off 15th ranked CLU. And I know he texted Coach Hancock to congratulate him. It was his first match as our head coach. And, and he got home. He went to sleep. And that was that. I found out about 3.30 on Sunday, give or take. And when Chase called me to tell me the news, I fell to the ground. And I just started breathing really hard. And it's one of those moments where you have no idea what just happened in the world or what you're supposed to do next. And I remember Chase on the other line just saying, sorry, I'm so sorry. And, and he, then he apologized for putting the burden on me to, 
have to start coordinating things. And I just told him, hey, man, it's my job. So I took a minute. And I, my wife was watching, uh, I don't know, Toy Story or something like that with my daughter. And I waved her in to the bedroom and told her what happened. And she broke down. And then I, I went and grabbed my laptop and got to work writing the hardest press release of my life, trying to figure out how I could talk about this, my friend of the last five years and spent about probably about an hour trying to do it. And then we just, you know, started bringing other people into the loop once, you know, Chase said, when he called me, he was on his way to meet, to see Coach's family. And then, then I got the word that we could start bringing some people into the loop because, you know, I was going to need support, you know, a graphic and had to to let folks at the WAC office know. And uh, you know, there's a lot of people that need to be told before it becomes public. Um, and it became public, you know, it leaked out, which, you know, it was unfortunate that it happened as quickly before we were able to tell everybody that we wanted to be able to tell before it became public knowledge, you know, through a personal phone call. But what was, a heartbreaking day also in a way became a special day and a special two days because what is social media it is a place that is often full of hate and vitriol. And I spent so many hours since I got the news staring at my Twitter feed and seeing nothing but love and support and wonderful memories of Coach Hill and people just, just, the outpouring was incredible. And to see how many people loved him and his family, it was truly something special. And, you know, then Monday, you know, it's the, it's the thing about life is, the sun's going to come up the next day. You don't get to say, well, I don't, I don't want to do anything today. I didn't want to. You know, getting out of bed was a challenge. But I owed it to Coach Hill and his family and the student athletes and to everybody who was showing all that support to be there and to honor him in the best way we could. And, and together we, we started, we started coming up with what plans we could. We had a volleyball match Monday night. Women's golf was at Texas State. One of our administrators is with the women's golf team. And you know, women's golf, they jumped on it. They were wearing orange ribbons Coach Hill's honor. Volleyball team wore black ribbons. 
said Hill, and they put them on their sneakers and the whole staff was wearing them, continue to wear them. And you know, we got uh, a moment of silence organized. And then during the broadcast, such a hard broadcast. I remember my, my broadcast partner, Brian, made a comment and, uh, about, I don't even know which team he was talking about. I can't remember, but he said, attack with discipline. And that's what this team does. And yeah, that, that was Coach Hill's mantra, AWD, attack with discipline. And, and then at that, the first coach's timeout, non-media timeout, so we weren't going to commercial. We put the graphic up on the broadcast and I just started talking. I didn't know what I was going to say when we hit that stoppage, but I knew I was going to talk about my friend. And we had the opportunity to let everybody know what kind of person Coach Hill was and what made him special. And, you know, that's something that we want to make sure that we keep telling people for as long as we can, because as long as we remember him, he'll always be around. Jonah, that was beautiful. You got me in tears. Um, but obviously, we want to pass on our condolences to Coach Hill's family, to the entire UTRGV family as well. And um, you did a beautiful job last night on the volleyball broadcast of talking about Coach Hill. I would like to say that you did an excellent job. But you know, another person or another team that was affected was obviously his team. How did the student athletes find out? So after, uh, after uh, Chase met with the family, he then returned to campus. He met with the team late afternoon, early evening area, uh, met with them right around the dorms. And not a dry eye in the house, I'm sure. And it's, yeah, he was a consistent father figure for these young men. And he was the kind of guy that, that they looked up to, that they wanted to be around, they wanted to win for. They didn't want to let him down. And they all cared about each other so much. They really were a family. And, you know, I, I know they've, they've gotten together and I know they're going to try and continue to keep the team together and they, they need to lean on each other right now during this kind of time. And, you know, our hearts are certainly with them too. This, this is unimaginable for, for them to, to be going through right now. Talking with Jonah Goldberg, senior associate AD for communications at UTRGV and Jonah uh, talking about the team, obviously, uh, such a, a shock for them, for everybody. Um, they, they have the issue of, of going on with the season now. Uh, I don't know if any decisions have been made about this week, next week, anything like that. Obviously, things are pretty fluid. This is very raw for everyone, but any, any insight on uh, what uh, the future of the team uh, for the remaining uh, month or month and a half of the season is going to look like? As of the moment at which we are recording this podcast, I can tell you that no decisions have been made. Has any updates been made about possible coaches? I know there had been talks that Coach Lou Hill wouldn't be continuing coaching this season. Any idea there? 
So that was all extremely recent. He, from what I understand, he told the team after Saturday's game and on the bus ride back to the Rio Grande Valley after the game is when uh, he informed the administration and he called Chase and let him know that he was going to step aside and he wanted to meet on Sunday to discuss it. So this was all very new. Uh, and obviously that meeting didn't happen. So, you know, right now we're, we're focused on the family. You know, we're, we're worried about Coach Hill's family. Uh, we're worried about those players. We're worried about his, his staff. We're worried about everybody who knew him. And, you know, the, that's obviously the, there are a lot of decisions that need to be made surrounding the team. Uh, who will be that interim coach? Who will, you know, what, what will the future look like in terms of competitions? And those decisions will be made soon because they have to be. Uh, you know, we're just uh, taking it one hour at a time. Jonah, you talked a little bit about uh, the, the team and also uh, about uh, all the outpouring of support uh, that you saw on Twitter. And some big names, uh, you know, Trey Young and, and of course, Buddy Heald, who, who Coach Hill uh, coached in Oklahoma. And, and you also saw like Jay Billis some people like that. Uh, I mean, it's unfortunate, I guess, that Coach Hill didn't get to, to know that, that there was this outpouring of support, but maybe he did know that all these people held him in such high regard. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, some, of those, some of those quotes, you know, stopped me in my tracks. You have Lon Kruger coming out and immediately talking about about Lou's family um, and how much it hurts for him. You know, Chris Jans at New Mexico State, I mean, uh, it's beautiful uh, the way he talked about Lou um, and and how much he hurts for the team and the family. And you know, I've I've tried to read every everything and listen to everything that's been out there. You know, like our, our local media are. A couple of them cried on the air, and you know, it was just just as I had stopped crying. <laughs> I watched that and right back to it. Uh, you know, I and it tells you just how much he meant to people that that you have that that you have journalists crying on television um, to report such news, and you, know, you have. You know, former players, former staff members. You know, you, and, you know, some of the tributes were simple. Texas A&M tweeted out a graphic that just said, Lou Hill, and um, they just wrote here. And a number of Aggie fans have responded here. Uh, you've had, uh, uh, I think every team in the WAC put out a tribute, uh, which meant so much, it meant so much to us. It was, it was one of the things I was thinking about when I was trying to figure out how do we honor him. I was thinking, well, maybe I should reach out to the other WAC school, see if they'll do something. I didn't have to. They did it on their own. And that meant so much. And just hearing what all the coaches had to say and what all the farmers had to say. I had a lot of people reach out to me directly, see if I was okay with other communications people, other broadcasters, uh, coaches. You know, a lot of people reached out and... You know, some people who I hadn't seen in a long time, you know, like 
Sid Bonner and Joan Vamsini from, you know, I had seen them since Wack Vegas last year. And uh, I heard from them and, you know, it meant a lot, that, you know, that people were, you know, were thinking about all of us and, you know, this is, it's such a, a tough thing to be going through. Um, but to, to see how much people cared about him, it's just, it's heartwarming. And it, it makes me realize that you know, a lot of people are going to remember Coach Hill for a very long time. You obviously knew him extremely, extremely well. What's something that maybe most everyday people that came in contact with him, like may not know about him that you do? So technology wasn't exactly Coach Hill's friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you need to reach him, you emailed him. There, there was no point in that. <laughs> he didn't check his emails uh, generally. Uh, he didn't really use his uh, online calendar. So sending the calendar invite wasn't always the best way to reach him. Uh, he, he, he had a, a written calendar on his desk and he... <laughs> That's how he updated things. If I called him and said, hey, can you do an interview tomorrow at one o'clock? And he said, uh, I think so. But uh, man, I, I'm in the car right now or I, I'm at home right now. And I don't have my calendar. It's back at the office. Uh, you know, me, I pull out my phone. I said, oh, here's my calendar. But no, not him. He, he had everything written down, handwritten. Um, so, you know, every, every week when we would have our Zoom press conference, I found myself resending him the link because uh, we had to we had to get him logged in and you know he wasn't going to see the calendar invite and things like that and uh, yeah. <laughs> my uh, I think my favorite Lou Hill story though uh, was at WAC Media Day and this would have been I think 2018 it was at a at a hotel in Denver and uh the UTRGV was scheduled to go first. So I went down about an hour before the festivities were going to begin. Then I went to the hotel restaurant. I was just sitting there eating breakfast. And a few minutes later, Coach Hill comes down and he goes over to the area where WAC Media Day is going to be. And he sees people setting up. And nobody's ready for anything. And he's getting really agitated. And then he sees me at the restaurant. So he walks in and he sits down. He's, they're just getting set up. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, they're just getting set up. And, and, he, and then the, the waitress comes over and says, can I get you anything? And he, sit, and he looks at me. He's like, do we have time for that? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, get whatever you want. <laughs> and I'm just like, and I'm just sitting there eating very calmly. You know, sipping some tea and and he's 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 about to lose it and then i think it dawned on him what had happened because he's staring at his he keeps looking at his phone he's looking at the clock and then he he, he finally says to me what time is it <laughs> his phone hadn't changed time zones <laughs> he was still on central time <laughs> He didn't realize, like, he didn't know his phone hadn't changed. I mean, why would he? Like, if, if you don't, you know, it's supposed to automatically change when you turn it back on, when you get off the plane. So he didn't realize that we were still an hour away from anything happening. 
<laughs> so when I told him, <laughs> he just started laughing, and he, <laughs> and he. And then he, he, then he calmed down and he got some breakfast and he sat there. And, uh, he, I remember he, he, he stepped away for a second. He called his wife and he's like, and he told her what happened. And I, I just started making fun of him after that. I was, Coach, come on. And uh, he, uh, yeah, he, he was like, man, I, I could have slept longer. Uh, <laughs> so that that was one of my favorite stories about him because he, he was he was so upset <laughs> and then to find out oh it's just not time yet it's like okay <laughs> and then and then he you know, he was good he's like oh my mistake and he had a great press conference he laughed and smiled and uh then we you know headed back to the airport flew uh, flew back and I remember on our, our layover in Houston we uh, we sat down and we were watching I think there were sports some kind of sporting event was on and we were sitting in one of the restaurants and uh, he said hey what can I get for you and I'm like well gosh if you're getting me then uh, all I want is a giant Oreo milkshake and he said all right let's do it <laughs> and uh, I mean he was he was amazing and you know he as passionate as he was on the court, he was, he was just such a, a fun guy to be around off the court. He was so friendly and so easy to work with that if I didn't call him directly, if I need something, like if I had gone through one of his assistants or an operations person or something, he'd get insulted. He'd be like, why don't you just call me? Like, he was easy. It, it was great. And he didn't, he didn't need a hundred layers between him and, and anybody else. He, 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 he want, he was great to work with. Great to, uh, great to be around. And he was my friend. Jonah, we certainly want to thank you for taking some time out in this very trying time. And I know you got a volleyball match uh, to get ready for in a couple hours here. So uh, it, I, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, all these things, are still happening and this is so raw and uh, what a great uh, tribute you gave to him as Rachel mentioned last night and and today here on the podcast we really appreciate you coming on the show today thank you so much for the opportunity peace and love that is Jonah Goldberg uh, we'll be right back and we'll talk some uh, whack basketball thank you for listening to the whack podcast we would like to thank our partners, Hercules Tires, Ticket Smarter, and Adidas. Now, back to the WAC Podcast. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast, Eric Danner and Rachel Hill. Great interview with Jonah right there, Eric. I was in tears. The way he spoke about Coach Hill was fantastic. And obviously now the question kind of lies, what happens with UTRGB basketball? We'll find out more in the coming days, Rachel, uh, but so raw right now and yeah, you do wonder. They're supposed to play California Baptist uh, this Friday and Saturday on the road. Uh, they're supposed to play Seattle U at home the following week. It's such a strange year to begin with, where so many games have been canceled or moved or postponed that uh, we'll have to wait and see on the basketball court what this means for UTRGV. And, and you wonder if, you know, how, how do you move on from this? But I, I, I mean, in the limited action interactions we've had with Coach Hill, I, I would have to think 
he'd be the, the type of coach that would want the team to continue without him. And I think Jonah said it well, too, that the main priority right now is Coach Hill's family and making sure that everybody is okay and moving forward. So, yeah, we'll wait for the basketball news, but uh, that's top priority right now. It sure is. And uh, it, it's, it seems strange that we get on to the business of, of other games, Rachel, uh, because th this is still hitting us uh, so raw. But at the same time, there's there's all this basketball going on and soccer and and volleyball. When we talked to Jonah, he was getting ready to to call his second volleyball game of the week. Uh, ever since, you know, finding this news about Coach Hill, and actually, when we we're just talking to him, he gets a call from the Washington Post for for an interview. So it's still such a a raw thing and a thing people want to, uh, you know, pass along their condolences and and their thoughts on Coach Hill. And it's good to see that that he's getting that kind of coverage. But at the same time, you know, uh, that there is a uh, you know, a conference basketball still going on. And looking to basketball coming up this weekend, and actually over the past weekend, we had CBU play at New Mexico State in El Paso because of the COVID requirements. And CBU gets the first win of the weekend, but then New Mexico State finally is able to pull off their first conference win. Interesting couple of games, Rachel, between those two teams. CBU, obviously, their first ever WAC game a couple of years ago, knock off to Mexico State, and then they go on this great run, uh, not losing until, you know, the week before against GCU in conference. And then they, you know, CBU really uh, kind of hammered them in that first game. And then the second game, boy, New Mexico State uh, looked like the New Mexico State team of old, and they hammered the Lancers. So uh, these back-to-back -back games we've talked so much about, and especially this week, we saw kind of a tale of, of two very different games in several of those series. But the Jabari Rice, he's back, but there was a couple times, Rachel, he went down. He, he, he came back in the game, got his, his ankles retaped, looked like he, he may have inj injured the other ankle that he that didn't keep him out for that uh, month or two. And, and so mm -hmm. He's, he's not 100%, but then at the same time, they're, they're starting to get some players back. Marcus Watson only played a few minutes at the end of each game, but whew, this guy, uh, if you see the uh, windmill dunk he had towards the end of that uh, CBU game, that second game, he looks like the real deal, and he was a uh, transfer from Oklahoma State, a, a big-time uh, top-100 type recruit, and this is a guy, again, they, they don't have a whole lot of time to gel, but the pieces are there that they could uh, definitely make a run once we get to the WAC tournament. Mm-hmm. Another great series that we had last weekend was Dixie at Seattle U. Let's talk real quick how close the first game was, Eric, 77 to 76. And Dixie State uh, pulling that one out to Seattle U, mm -hmm. a very talented team. Dixie, tough at home. It was a very close game. Actually, uh, Seattle U had a shot at the buzz. It was more like a four-point game uh, rather than the one-point game, which was the final score. But then the next night, Seattle U comes back and, and they get the win. And uh, Darian Trammell, the outstanding first-year player for the Red Hawks, the transfer from the City College of San Francisco, another outstanding week, had 30 points in both games, Rachel, and he's our whack Ticket Smarter Player of the Week. Deserving of that award for sure. Uh, heading over to the women's side real quick now, Eric. CBU, 16-0 still. They are 8-0 in conference play, and they're not slowing down one bit. They played New Mexico State over the weekend. And the games were pretty intense, I would say. Uh, 94 to 53 was the final score from Friday, and then 70 to 51. They did not take their foot off the gas one bit. 
They do not. And, and New Mexico State a perennial power in the mm-hmm. WAC, you know, the last uh, five years, especially in CBU. This was one of those games we talked about last week, Rachel, that that looked like a pretty, you know, a matchup that, that could, uh, you know, be that potential first loss for CBU. But uh, Coach Jared Olson saying no way. And the talent on CBU and, and that they can go inside, they can go outside, they can, and their defense. I mean, you look, they only gave up uh, 53 points and 51 points to New Mexico State. Uh, their offense gets a lot of headlines, but their defense is really good as well, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Well, another team, Eric, that I've actually been really impressed with so far has been Chicago State. And they played UVU over the weekend. And although they still lost, this is probably the best Chicago State team that I've seen in my time here at the WAC. Yeah, they, they are very, very good in terms of the Chicago State teams that we've seen over the mm-hmm. last few years. You just wonder when that breakthrough is going to happen. Uh, we saw the week before they were leading Seattle U by nine points at the half. Part of it is uh, they only go about eight deep. So once, mm-hmm. especially on these back-to-backs, that second day, it's tough, uh, especially when you've played so many minutes the day before. But uh, eventually they're, they're going to break through, Rachel. And this, is, this could be a team that could be, dare I say, dangerous once we get to the conference tournament. Uh, that they they can play with with teams you know they they're not getting blown out to their they're right there once they figure out how to win a game that that could uh, make them uh, kind of dangerous once we get to the WAC tournament I agree with you and then on the Wolverine side Josie Williams earned player of the week ticket smarter player of the week and that one was well deserved as well Josie Williams one of the outstanding post players in the WAC. She's six foot five, and this is the second time she's won the award this year. And Utah Valley is another team with a lot of depth, a lot of players that can take over that role, Maria Carvalho or Josie Williams, that can be a player of the week type. And they were, you know, co-picked with CBU to win the conference this year. And of course, they're one of the best teams in the league. So uh, well-deserved for, for Josie Williams this week. And then GCU over UTRGV, 77 to 55 and 83 to 73 in the second game. Still a good series, though. UTRGV just not getting a lot of games played this year. And going to GCU, they, they moved that series to a Saturday, Sunday as GCU played Tarleton on Monday, Tuesday and gave them a little, mm-hmm. little more time in between those games. So GCU is, is on a roll. And we've seen their full court pressure defense and Katie Scott can score and uh, we saw another uh, sports center top 10 play. Uh, we saw several from the GCU men. We got one from the GCU women this week as Tavia Rowell did the behind the back to uh, Tiana Brown for uh, number eight on sports center and is also uh, going to be our whack top play of the week this week. Yes. Uh, so much fun to watch. And then to see like a women's play in there, that just makes your heart so happy. Personally, as a female there, I'm always cheering for those ladies. At and one volleyball. thing there, Tavia, Tavia Rowell, uh, Rachel, is the sister of Ty Rowell at CBU, who's one of the outstanding uh, men's players in the league. So quite a family. And they're, they're from uh, uh, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, so yeah. they both made their way to the Western Athletic Conference and both having uh, sensational seasons. Yeah, you wonder... Uh, I'm as parents, like, are you more of a CBU <laughs> fan? Are you more of a GCU fan? Or do you just have your separate days when you're both, right? I'm, so, guessing, <laughs> I'm guessing it's both. <laughs> Me too. Uh, looking <laughs> at volleyball though, Eric, let's talk how well we have some teams doing. CBU, 3-0. GCO, GCU, 2-0. New Mexico State, 3-0. They are off to fantastic starts. They are, and we have more volleyball action. We're recording this on Tuesday this week, but 
uh, volleyball being played on Monday, Tuesday, and a lot of those Tuesday games, actually all those Tuesday games are in the afternoon. So we'll, we'll know some results by the end of the day, but New Mexico State, we talked with Jonah Goldberg a, a little bit. He was calling that game against UTRGV, New Mexico State. They, they look pretty tough, Rachel. We've seen yeah. them a few times now. And they have not lost, I think it's 23 conference matches in a row. So we talked a lot about the men's basketball team, the streak they had. The volleyball team at New Mexico State is is continuing that pace right now. And we're seeing, yeah, a lot, in the back-to-backs in volleyball, it seems we're, we're seeing more sweeps maybe than splits as we are in basketball. Mm-hmm. Looking at men's soccer now, Eric, a huge win for UTRGV as they knocked off Seattle U 1-0. First match ever for their new head coach, and they mm-hmm. go to Seattle, a top 20 ranked team, and they had not lost. I think it was 17 straight matches, Rachel, because in, in soccer, uh, even though they, they played Stanford in the NCAA tournament, it was a, a tie, and then they go to the shootout, and so it counts as, as a – it doesn't count as a loss in their – you know, so it's been 17 games since they lost, and then they lose at home one to nothing against UTRGV, so a big surprise there. Uh, but uh, watching some of that, uh, UTRGV looks to be a team to be reckoned with this year. And again, a, a strange year. I mean, we're playing in, in February, uh, so it doesn't seem like soccer, at least college soccer season, maybe pro soccer season, but it's uh, it just seems unusual. And, and this was after Seattle. You had a very emotional double overtime win against Gonzaga. Uh, in which they had a freshman uh, get the golden goal. So I, I'm sure Pete Fewing's team will be back, but yeah, a, a bit of an upset there, Rach. It was. And then we also had the Ticket Smarter Players of the Week, Jesse Ortiz from Seattle U getting offensive player and Trevor Schneider from UTRGB getting defensive player. So congratulations to both of them. Looking at women's soccer is now uh, Utah at Dixie on Thursday and then Arizona State at GCU on Thursday. And then we also have two more big games, actually. Seattle U at Washington on Friday and New Mexico State at Arizona on Saturday. That is some big-time schools in there that are playing these WAC teams. It is. And, and I mean, to, to get all these Pac-12 opponents now, with COVID and, and the uh, fall sports being moved to the spring, the Pac-12 did not play soccer in the fall. The ACC did. And there were some other conferences that did. So the Pac-12, uh, you know, needing some non-conference matches, you know, we're right here, Western Athletic Conference. So a lot of our schools are getting those uh, big time matchups early in the season there. So we'll have to see, Rachel, if maybe one of our teams uh, can break through and, and knock off one of these Pac-12 schools. Looking at WAC softball now, Eric, we just start talking all the sports here today. Uh, Seattle <laughs> U was picked to win the conference. Softball preseason came out last week. Seattle U, the defending conference champions back in 2019, but they did win the uh, regular season and the tournament that year and actually went on to win a game in the NCAAs, if you recall, Rachel, it was mm-hmm. a couple of years ago now. But uh, the Red Hawks are back and uh, they have some uh, super seniors, I believe, is, is the term that's being used now where they were seniors last year and they got to come back again uh, in some cases. So uh, that helping out uh, the Red Hawks there, though, they will be the team to beat, according to the coaches in softball this year. And then we have another sport adding into the mix this spring. That's baseball. That preseason poll will come out on Wednesday. And then we might as well just throw another sport in here, Eric. Women's swimming coming up here in just two short weeks, February 17th to 20th, the swimming championships in St. George, Utah. 
Actually, next week, Rachel. That's how quick it it's coming up. It's a week oh from goodness, Wednesday. Right. It'll, it'll start up. So I'll be heading to a St. George. A week and a half. I'll get myself back. The swimming championships, and you'll be heading to Las Vegas uh, the week after that for the men's swimming championships. Diving is going to be held in at the Northern Arizona. Uh, so it's going to be quite a bit different than our normal uh, swimming and diving championships that we have each year. It will definitely be different. But yeah, I'm giving myself a little bit. Uh, it's like a week and a half, Eric. <laughs> like, I guess like a, a week and a day. <laughs> it's, it's eight days, so I, I don't know where that falls, yeah. Oh, man. All righty. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the WAC podcast. Again, we would like to pass on our condolences to Coach Hill's family and the entire UTRGV family and everybody that um, Lou Hill touched in his time here. Um, but that's going to wrap up our episode of the WAC podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at waxsports.com.